Hello and welcome to Open All Ours, the QPR podcast. I'm David Fraser and I am here with three other QPR fans. We have Flo Lloyd-Hughes. Hello. We have Paul Finney. And we have Clive Whittingham. Hello. I've never done an introduction (laughs) so fast. Um, Thank you all for joining us. We've been off for two weeks. And what's happened in the intervening fortnight is this kind of weird amazing win or more or less amazing not not everything was perfect about it and Clive I'm just kind of wondering why you're here because usually oh. usually um a revert you know you're the man after a defeat yeah, I was thinking this you've actually been on with one I can't remember when but you've definitely been on with had a good good time usually things are on fire though when I'm here right That's no I, you've definitely been on with had a good time definitely are you sure you still want to do it not really. I mean, I could just go <laughs> bounce home with these beers. That would. Were you know. not on after the Wigan playoff? That doesn't sound like something I would have been on, does it? A playoff win. I'm pretty sure you were. Well, that's a good back. But I'm pretty, anyway, it has not been negative. Well, well, we obviously. I can know, do positive. I, you know. Well, go on, give it a give go. It, <laughs> g- give it a minute because we know what we're going to start with. Uh, but before I do that, just to remind everyone, uh, please do keep in touch. Send through suggestions for the show, comments, feedback, criticism. No trolling because. We're all past all that. But everything else, apparently. everything else uh, at, on Twitter at QPR Pod. Um, you, if you want to listen to old episodes, please go on our website at qprpod.co.uk. Um, and thank you to the people who support the podcast. One of whom is Richard Lloyd, who has who has sponsored oh, the beers Richard. this week. Lloydy, Lloyd Meister, Lloyd Richard is a really really nice fella. One of the QPR runners, lot really really sound. QPR runners, yeah, which is a group that, um, in fact, the some of them took part in the Great North Run the other week in QPR kit. Very good. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, Richard. Indeed. By the way, have you noticed how trolls are trendy? All you definitely sudden. said this about thirty seconds yeah. ago. But it's kind of weird. How did trolls ever become trendy? Because I just find them really annoying and really stupid. But maybe you just... engage with them though. And Clive says this every time, but... You, Do you want me to you, get it in early? Yeah, go I, on. I think you should maybe come off Twitter, mate, or put some people on mute. I think it would be better for your I mental have health. I quite a few. And, um, um, but they still find you through different means. I just, well, I mean, like I, I said, like I said before, I'm not sure Twitter's for you, and you talk you talk about it a lot, and I think you should maybe sort of take a little sidestep from my it. That's said, my, and I'm aware this is a QPR podcast, not my, it's my new ca- podcast. I'll just do it every time yeah. I come on. We'll but do do it just, but this is what I'm about to say is a valuable um, kind of public service in not only endorsing Clive's message but also there was a report released yesterday that says the absolute worst thing you can do is engage with a troll like the kind of it just makes it a million times trying to get worse across a and now and celebrities times. including the and you're definitely not a celebrity let me make that clear before no, you no, no, before no, you no, have no, heard no, no, that I've said no, that no, 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 the I'm best advice is ignore them Paul Please but you know what? Them. I just, no. I just but before we came to the podcast, I met my sister, who was who surprisingly was reading my Twitter messages, and she goes, "Even for a dyslexic who who might teach, because she's an English teacher, your grammar's pretty shit." That's my own flesh and blood, so maybe I should. Another reason that platform's not for you. Exactly. Okay, keep it up. Try something different, is what I say. Yeah, carry on. Try not being on Twitter. Okay. Enough of um, self improvement with Paul Finney. That's a totally different podcast. And on with Queen's Park Rangers. And this amazing game on Saturday. Was it amazing or was it scary? Well, what do you think, Paul? I think it was the best 45 minutes I've seen since Jim McGilton, football-wise. And the football was breathtaking. It was beautiful. It was almost art in a lot of ways. Followed by... I really thought I was going to end up in St Mary's or Chelsea and Westminster with a freaking heart attack. <laughs> because if that game had gone on for three minutes longer, it was the most QPR game you will ever see in your entire life. But the first 45 minutes was just something different. It was it, I, I, could, I could watch that first half on a loop and I will never, ever, ever get bored. The first touch, the movement, the passing, everything was just absolutely why you go to football why you fell in love with the game was that game in the first 45 minutes that if you took someone who hadn't seen a football match before which Flo did I think with one person on Saturday we met yeah, in the pub yeah. 
you would be hooked for life. As in you were with someone who had not seen a match before. You yeah, texted well, us at half-time saying, have you ever seen a 45 minutes like this from QPR? Yeah, I was said specifically in the last eight years, I think, has anyone yes. ever seen anything like this? Obviously, I know often we get a little bit nostalgic on this podcast to yesteryears when I wasn't alive or sporting QPR. So there's probably some amazing football that has been played at that ground, but I haven't seen much of it. Um, but I did have a friend of me who's from Dallas and she did a graduate degree in Columbus, Ohio, and she had been to a Columbus crew MLS game, but she said it was really boring. There was no chanting and she can't even remember the score and she loved it. And she did turn to me when we were three nil up and was like, man, this other team sucks. And then maybe they... Actually, some wheels. <laughs> Do you know what, though? This is how people... We, we talk all the time about how to attract more people to QPR. Yeah. It's Let's football. play good football. I yeah. had some something similar. I, I worked with someone, I worked with a girl who's a Sunderland fan, brand new to London, and lives next to our ground. So I was like, why don't you go down on Saturday? She comes in, like, buzzing, like, love it. Yeah. Ed, who is this Eze guy? He yeah. is the man. This is how you get people into QPR, mm-hmm. by playing amazing football. For all the promotions and price cuts and whatever and giveaways and community stuff, which is great, the way that you actually turn people onto this stuff and is it could have been them a good product or whatever you want to call it. Right? It could have been a completely different game in a sense that it could have been 6-0. But obviously we had those two chances that hit the crossbar um, and uh, another Nucky Wells pretty much open header that he should have finished um so he should have had a hat trick and then that um lumly brain fart which opened the door and kind of really helped like them so, why no 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 i want to be positive don't turn to me about lumly <laughs> well, um, <laughs> and uh, and that really opened the door for luton because you, when they went three nil down they were out of it their heads were down and they were looking they were shouting each other blaming each other the goalie was losing his mind because we had a chance straight He's after going two apparently well, not check number one, but Croatia. check number two. Um, oh, God, that's what I meant. And, um, See, dyslexia is a bugger. Yeah, and we, we could have been 4 nil up straight away, and they were all looking at each other like, what the hell is going on? And then we just gave them that opportunity, mm. and it, that that was frustrating because it gave them belief, then they got that goal back. And thank God we held on, and I actually think, as well as the dominance um, going forward in that first 40 minutes, actually the in a cliched way, character that we showed to hold on and hold out backs against the wall is also fairly impressive. It would be great to have a clean sheet at some point. Um, Mm. But, you know, can't win them all. So Leisner was messy with that pass. And shortly after, Lumley was messy. Uh, Yeah, I mean, with that pass. Have you thought about this all day? (laughs) Uh, I've thought about it pretty much since Saturday. Uh, This seems like a good time to bring you in, Clive. No, 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 no. Because the Lumley conversation has been fairly prominent. I can talk about Lumley in a bit, but I just, I thought I wasn't nearly as worried or um, as tense or as scared as anybody else seems to have been in that Uh, second half, apart from... In the last couple of minutes, when Lumley made a good save and they got that free kick, I was like, "Well, maybe, maybe yeah. we are going to blow it." And I'd, I'd randomly put three three and Eze to score first as my prediction on the match preview, so that it wasn't the best time to suddenly start knowing what I was talking about. Um, but I, we were still in this second half when we were meant to be That's hanging on. Okay. We were creating chances. Hugo missed two or three chances. Yeah. Lacard dragged one across the face of goal. Someone should have been on the end of that. It wasn't like we were camped in our own area like last year you know McLaren's we have to defend our penalty area at all costs it wasn't like that I thought if Luton had got back to 3-3 obviously not in the 88th minute but if Luton had got back to 3-3 I would have been pretty confident of us going on and scoring again and the last time I felt like that was in that Magilton era that little purple patch we had where I just I thought we'd score every time we go forward and we've sat through so much dross over the past few years and some people have stop coming and some people have thrown their toys out the pram about it and some of us have sat through it and been bored and said well it's means to an end and this is the financial situation we're in and whatever but you know to to then be served that i'm not going to come out moaning i that oh we conceded a couple of goals made a couple of mistakes that was fantastic on saturday what what do you go to the football for i mean particularly for those of us Obviously, I would take a promotion to the Premier League, but having been in the Premier League and seen it and know what it would entail and probably know what we would do with it all over again, I'm not 
that's not the be all and end all for me. I just it was nice to enjoy going to the football on Saturday and the way he's got Hugel and Wells and Eze and Chair all into the same team and just said off we go. I, th- I think that's that's incredible and fantastic and exactly why exactly why you should go to. The I was it. a little bit disappointed and I know obviously a lot of the players have been out on international and Eze by the end looked shot. Obviously Wells was taken off. I was a little bit frustrated with those substitutions, especially Chair because I thought he just absolutely dominated the game. Um, uh, I think Wells maybe was the right call, but I think he could have lasted a little bit longer. Wells, so I, the substitutions. Wells, are... I think, was probably pre-planned because he'd been to Bermuda or wherever. Yeah, and back. exactly. He, but he actually looked like he could yeah. carry on. Yeah. Um, that's the first time though this season that I've thought maybe Warburton substitutions weren't there because actually so far, you know, for this manager that's not meant to have a plan B or whatever, I think his substitutions so far have been proactive uh, mm. and and really effective in most games. But if I'd have been him, I'd have brought Skern on to, to just. Give that reassurance to midfield, um, and I would have kept. But hang on, we won the game. No, no. Well, in, instead of bringing Jan on, I'd have brought Skern on. No, and, mate. and kept Naki Wells and strikers on. You know, Let's go for it. It's so. Well, <laughs> when you see the lineup before the game, it's so exciting and I, I don't know, like invigorating. If that's the word, when you see, basically, we've got Ball doing all the like kind of. Mopping the hard stuff. work, and then it's like it kind of invokes. Like, do you remember in the nineties when Ozzy Ardiles like played like six strikers for Spurs, and he had like Klinsman and Anderson, all, and we're like playing Eze, Chair, Hugill, uh, Naki Wells. He's just throwing and, them and forward. The, and it's two, so the two fullbacks, when it's Kane and Manning, they're ridiculously attacking as well. And the reason, one of the reasons we're conceding goals. I mean, a lot of the goals we've conceded have come off bad individual mistakes but one of the reasons we're going to concede goals is because Manning and Kane are so high up the pitch that when we do lose possession in the middle of it they're basically in on a goalkeeper and two centre-backs so you are going to concede like that but we again we've sat here for years saying why do other teams attack from fullback and we don't other teams fullbacks get assists and get goals and we have Jake Bidwell you know four assists and one goal a season I'm just loving it, piling forward but, and winning three two. What's happened? But, but, but to you? Who's got to you? I've been watching QPR <laughs> this season. But going, That's but, what's going back to what you say, Clive, but you weren't concerned. The trouble is when Hugo missed them to golden opportunities and everything else. I am cacking myself because I'm just thinking it only takes Luke one more chance and it's going to be a draw. Well, we should be. Yeah, maybe this. maybe not concerned was the wrong way of putting it. But what I'm saying is, if Luton had got back to three three with 20 minutes left, I think we would have gone on and won the game anyway. And if we had blown it and ended up at three three. I'm a, I'm we still actually, have those memories. I'm not actually that fussed because I just thought it and was so good, it was so good to watch. So, and it's such a breath of fresh air. So, that's so a good point. we kind of we've got to talk about Lumley and the mistake. But can I just say something on on Lumley before you, you go into one? Sorry, um, if Hugo misses open nets, Lumley's going to make mistakes at the other end. And yet Hugo got player of the se- player of the month. Can I also add to that? Firstly, of course. We can't sustain those that for those first thirty-five minutes for ninety minutes because only Man City can do that, and they even lost at the weekend. So mm. that is incredible football for some of the players. And some of those players um, to be playing at this level is so impressive, and we do have to kind of give them a pat on the back for just sustaining that for that long. It's high risk, it's high reward, but it's enjoyable. And the Hugel thing—he is such an anomaly because. The man can't, like, he can score some absolute belters, and we've already seen that this season. But this is now pretty much three chances he's missed where he can't hit the ball first time. That's what he's shown over he the last get few his weeks. He doesn't head over it, does it? It's he so, can't, it's so he has basic, to have so a touch. Weird. He has to have a touch and time to then shoot. And it's a really big flaw in his game. And maybe this is why some, you know, clubs have kind of. Yeah, but our level, him. you get the, chan- the the extra chances, don't you? Well, so. I don't know. He had two really good chances on the weekend and missed both of them because they were first time shots right in front of goal that he couldn't pull off. And I'm not I'm not saying he's not a good player because he's al- already proven that he's such a valuable asset because he's big Matt Smith 2.0. He's actually agile. He can move. He's much more aware. He he's just a better player. But he, you know that's core stuff that. On another day, we will come to really, really regret not scoring those easy goals. But then again, saying that, when you come away from a game now, you, you, you feel privileged and happy that you've seen a game of football. You've seen your team compete. You've seen them leave the souls on the pitch. 
You've seen them clap the fans. Every it tick, it's tick, 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 tick. We're in the championship. It's the most bizarre league in the world because things will happen that shouldn't happen, and things that you think will happen don't happen. And we were good for the win. The football was incredible. And that ball from Leisner. For that sake, I mean, Jesus, I mean, okay, that was so, amazing. So, I on Lumley, who has come in for a lot of criticism. Um, Is I, he a kid? Well. I don't the thing think is, I, it's, it's the it's, same it's, things. It's, 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 it's the, the kicks. It's the collateral damage of playing the way that we play. He's a kid, is that David. things like that are going to happen? And I don't think it's his fault. And I'll tell you why. He okay. is the one who kicked the ball. But that defence, the way we play, and I'm not complaining because it leads to goals like Naki Wells and Leisner. But that defence playing the way we play, it's a game of Russian roulette. And basically, mm. they were playing Russian roulette. Lumley was the and and it has its results because we scored amazing goals. But Lumley was the one that got the kind of the bullet in the barrel and gave it away. And the reason why we play like that is so we can score goals like Leicester's goal because I believe I believe the idea is you play that so that you draw the other team into the high press and then you can put the balls through to the front like what happened with Leicester and Nakiwa. So you sort of can't have one without the other. And unfortunately, the difference is we're not Man City, even though Man City made that mistake. We haven't got Edison, we haven't got John Stones. So what do you expect when you're asking Lumley to all of a sudden ape Edison and you're asking Leisner to ape um, uh, John Stones? Those players are going to make the odd mistake. But you know, I wonder I wonder how many people were at the game on Saturday. I, I never... Say- I shouldn't say this, and maybe I'm being a bit out of order. But is the this ones going to be about people on Twitter, Finney. No, no, it's not. <laughs> those those who are kind of like um, having a wee pop at him um, through all social media outlets <laughs> and in person. Because I've had it in phone calls with else who may or may not be the game. At least he held his hands up and said, "Yeah, I get that." He said, we had mercenaries for years who didn't give a rat's arse about the results. We had them going off the pitch laughing. We got relegated. We got people who care now. And sometimes it's worth picking them off the floor, giving them a pat on the back and say, we go again and good luck to you, fellow. The thing is, though, to David's point, is it's also, like what David said, the style of play, right? Man City had money, brought Edison in because he's good at the the ball at his feet. Warburton, and we all know what kind of player Lumley is, he's not good with the ball at his feet. He's shown in the last few years that he cannot distribute with his feet. He can't kick very well. But if you're going to play that style of football, he has to adapt and learn or he's going to lose his place to someone who's better at distributing. I think that what um, I know we I'm very conscious we're comparing ourselves to Man City, but that is what <laughs> happened with Joe Hart. He well, had exactly. a brilliant goalie who couldn't play the style well, of play that he wanted to play. I'm I mean, not saying we should buy someone. I've yet to see well, Liam Kelly have. enough to, to kick I think, around. I think we well. have and I said I think I said when I came in here in the summer that I don't think they'd brought Kelly not to pick him. Uh, and I still think that. And I think you know obviously the stick that Lumley got after the game uh, and whatever on social media, just I don't understand. Twitter. I don't understand. Um, I don't understand why you would copy a player in on that sort of thing just to, to make didn't. him feel worse. I don't. I just. Do but he's, but he's not. But he's not a kid. Um, he's twenty. Uh, what is he? Twenty-four. He's made a hundred and one senior appearances. Now fifty-seven of them for QPR. Now goalkeepers do mature late later, um, but. He is now. You're into sort of. You've made a hundred senior appearances. You're kind of losing that inexperienced tag. I, mean, I accept the the style of play thing, and accidents will happen. Um, but it's it's often it seems to me a concentration thing. Either I, like the one we conceded at Derby in stoppage time. He seemed to think that the full time whistle was about to blow, so he just had a wild sort of swing at a ball, mm. and they ended up going through for that. And then Saturday, it's going so well, and nothing, you know. It's like he was he got carried away with it. It's almost a, a mental thing. I actually don't think he is that bad with his feet. And I I think the reason he kicked the ball out a lot last season, as I said, was that we had Sholek and Furlong down one side who were better in the air. And every time we played down the middle, we got caught out, they came back. So we deliberately went wide right. And um, if you do that, it's going to go out more often than not. Um, but he's too, he's too accident prone at the moment. I'd be, you know, I'd be willing to stick with him. I wouldn't be going out my way to drop him. But I do think Kelly was brought here to play. Um, seen Kelly three times, and what you would gain by having him with his feet, you would lose a lot with Lumley because he's small. And uh, the games that I saw, he got bullied under high balls at Boreham mm. Wood and in the cup. They would crowd the six-yard box, and he would be 
flailing a little bit. So for all the things you would gain, he can obviously play with his feet. You would lose through not having Lumley. Um, but I, yeah, I think he's also brought Wallace in to be part of that unit with the intention of playing him. Yes, but you know Manning's played so well, and one of mm. the things I have been impressed with with Warburton so far is one of the criticisms his previous club said was that Warburton doesn't have a plan B. Plan B is do plan A better, or whatever the quote was that he gets absolutely battered with but one thing I've been impressed with really so far is how ready to change he has been I think we've been through three formations already and I think at the start of the season he probably would have thought that Amos was going to be first yeah. choice mm. yeah, that Matt Smith that little Matt Smith was going to be first choice uh, that Hooger was going to play up front by himself that we were going to play with a back four that Leisner wasn't going to be part of it and Leisner could leave but so, you know we've adapted we play with a back three now we brought Leisner in because of the problems we were having at centre half he would have thought. I think Wallace would have been the first name on his team sheet, thanks to injury. But yeah, he's, so he you know, adapt. he's so. He, I think he is adapting. And this that I haven't seen any example of this plan B thing. And like I said earlier, his substitutions in games have been proactive and have have turned games for us. Like the the Wigan game, for instance, mm. was turned on Warburton's changes at half time. So I haven't seen this lack of adapt uh, adaptability from him. Should we ask all these questions again to Kevin Gallon? <laughs> oh, why the hell not? Yes. So. Uh, Friend of the podcast who's been on a lot. He's probably like our fifth, most fifth highest, um, most appearances podcaster. That doesn't make sense, but you know what I mean. So Kevin Gallon, with a bit of luck, is on the end of the phone for us to ask all these questions now. Um, Kevin, yes, welcome to the podcast. We haven't had you on this season, and it's lovely to hear from yourself. Are you keeping well? I am very well, and uh, it's great to hear from everyone. Good evening. All right, we've got we've got Clive, we've got um, Flo, and we've got David and myself as well. I'm Paul, just in case you don't Hello, know. Hello, everyone. Um, you went Saturday, didn't you? I was there, yeah. Um, it's been a very good game. And what was your thoughts well, on the first half and the second half combined at however you want? Uh, the first half was very good, excellent, until they got their goal. But um, really, you know... Should have been. I, I think the way it was going until they scored, and Joe Lumley made a, a poor mistake. And there's no doubt about that, which sort of gave them a little bit of hope. But um, I was. It looked like four, five, six nil at the time when it was free. The way we just completely dominated them. Um, they looked very, very slow at the back, and very, as you know, very slow in midfield. And we, we not only we outpassed them and outran them, but you know. Especially the second goal, uh, a great long pass from Leisner and just opened up the whole defence and Naki Wells took his goal very well and he took the next one very well as well. So total domination, given that uh, a goal and then, you know, the, what, what really sort of set us back was that straight away, that's quick goal after half time and then you're sort of a bit on the back foot and a little bit of anxiety comes in with the crowd as well and... Uh, and the players, and you think it's always going to be one of those days after total domination. But we hang on, and, and let's be fair, second half, I think the two best chances fell to um, Jordan Huggle, and unfortunately put them both over the bar, but then it could easily have been 5-2. So, in the end, I think all, all in all, we deserve to win. And we've been very positive, Kev. It's been very unpodcast like the last 15 minutes. We're all very excited and very positive. Uh, based on what we've seen, this, the first six or seven games or whatever it is, are you sharing that optimism? I am, yeah. I mean, especially, you know, the first half performance, but also the, the away win at Sheffield Wednesday was a really good win, uh, especially when, you come, when you're 1-0 down, because I think it's quite a big stat that the first goal in the championship, the, I think there's a big percentage that that team never, never really, the, whoever scores the first goal don't really lose. So to come back from away from home, Actually, for Wednesday was a great result. So, you know, you could see the crowd were absolutely buzzing on Saturday and, you know, getting in it. It was as good as atmosphere I've seen down there for a, a good few years. And also against sort of a team, I think it's 12 years since we last played Luton and, uh, you know, sort of a little bit of a rivalry since, the, you know, the uh, 80s and 90s. So it's always a good one to get over and just sort of rivals. Well, they're not rivals as much. They're kind of weird. I mean... I've got to be honest with you, Kevin. I was surprised at how many brought down Saturdays. I was surprised even how many police were there. They... Well, I wasn't surprised with the way they really? their support, to be honest. No, because they've I played for Luton and they've got big support, and especially away support, and it's their first year back in the Championship. 
So I fully expected them to take um, okay. to take the. the do they hit us though? Not one bit surprised at that. No. But do they really hit us low, or is it just a, a mild? They dis- don't like. No, I think we're in their top three. I think Watford. You know, okay. I think we'd, we'd be second maybe, but Milton Keynes would be as well because uh, a new club, uh, lo- uh, not far from them. But I think Watford's there maybe number one, but they, I know they haven't, you know, particularly fond of QPR. I know that the Eddies really keep trying to beat us up. We're too fond of Luton, are we? So no, I think especially... our fans are not too fond of Luton, but we've got quite a few to we're not fond of, so we've got to make up our minds. We, but, all know, we all know who's number one, though, don't we, Finney? We, we, we certainly do. Um, one thing <laughs> I would say on Saturday, what did you think of the um, the football that we played, as in the distribution? and Playing out from the back. Yeah, everything seems yeah. so much better than last season, or is that just maybe me seeing things a different way? I don't know. Well, no, it does seem better. We are passing out from the back, but then... then... This, the goal that we conceded was passing out from the back and it was um, a big mistake. So you could say the same against, I think, Bristol City. We're playing it out from the back and a mistake was made. So when you're playing the ball out from the back, mistakes, when you do make a mistake, they usually end up in a goal because you're so near because uh, you're so uh, near the goal for the opposite team. So it's not as if you're centre forward and you lose the ball. It has a long way to go to get down the other end. So when you're losing it around the centre half, the goalkeeper area, then, you know, it can be a problem, but we are look like a team that's sort of going to be set in that way of playing it out from the back. And where where it happened last year, we started to try to do that. And you know, obviously, I think it was we lost it was the first four games, and it didn't look we just didn't have the personnel to do that. So you have to have the personnel to be able to pass the ball out of the back. At the moment, uh, I think we have. Uh, there will be mistakes, but I think we're a team where we will score more than the opposition, hopefully, more often than not. And when I spoke to someone about the, uh, the Saturday's game, I thought it was uh, going to be a high-scoring game with two attacking teams. So I always thought there'd be goals in it and just thought who's um, who, whoever's going forward, whoever's better going forward will win the game and we were better going forward than them. So, Kev, do you actually get, do you think we have the players to, to play that way this season? Because we've picked up points so far, but... Maybe only the Chef Wednesday away game was against a team where, you know, you looking at it, you were surprised that we went there and did that because Stoke are a bit of a mess. Huddersfield have only got one point. That was against us. Wigan are a bit yeah. of a mess. Luton are a newly promoted team. You know, are we getting carried away or do we actually have the players to go on and, and play this uh, way and get points this year? Yeah, it's a good question, but we always get carried away. So <laughs> we, got, we got carried away last season around November, December. So why, why not this? Might as well enjoy it while we can. But no, I'm... I, I think we'll, we'll end up between 8 and 12. I think um, maybe a few injuries or, you know, a bit of loss of form. And the, I think it's all really nice now, the way we play around in the, in the sun and it's all good, lovely pitches. I know the pitches don't get as bad as they used to, but they do, still get a little bit more tricky. So I think I think we'll be around there. But you never know what happens in uh, January. You might uh, There might be... A, there seems to be a few quid flying about because I tried to sign that lad from Aberdeen for, for a few million. So that's still there to be spent. And uh, if, if need be, you know, you, we're hanging around at whatever in the top six, top eight, top ten. They might put their hand in the pocket and um, and have a go. So, yeah, really, um, I think it's really uh, optimistic at the moment the way we're playing. And, uh, you know, it's a big game again on now on London Derby against Millwall where, you know, this could go either way. It's, uh, Millwall will probably think, well, we'll get balls in the box and try and beat, uh, beat QPR up where, and we'll be trying to out-football them. So it could go either I don't know. I can't really call it. Yeah, that is a, that game on Saturday is going to be, because it is a real contrast of styles. And we were, we were talking before you, you came on that Warburton, when he arrived here, people were criticising him at his previous clubs for not having a plan B, but he's been quite adaptable so far there's players that maybe he didn't expect to be playing have become regulars like Manning and, and Chair maybe and Leisner who he, he seemed to be ready to get rid of in the summer so he has been adaptable so far but Millwall's kind of a different kettle of fish on Saturday isn't it? Well yeah because it's going to be a big test for, the, for those type of players but because it's going to be a bombardment they've signed um, Smith who who over the last few years for QPR has been a great plan B hasn't he let's be fair you know, I was um, obviously weren't going to fit into the way uh, the style of football um, Warburton wants. But I always thought, you know, when when the game gets tough and it's nil nil or one nil, you're one nil down. The last 15, 20 minutes, Smith was a great um, plan B. 
the only problem was he wasn't a great plan A for us. Mm. But as a plan B, he was great. Uh, so they're going to be playing very, they always do, in your face, tackling, get the ball very direct, putting crosses in. And we've got to st- stand up to that. And uh, and then try and get the ball down and play like we have done and uh, and try and outplay them. But for the first 15, 20 minutes, we've got to stand up to that bombardment and uh, and frustrate them and um, win our challenges. Win our uh, balls in the air. Win our, when they kick it out long, we've got to win that first ball and then go from there and pick up the second and play. So it is a contrast of styles, but you just never know. QPR look quite good. I always look like a threat on at the moment. If we can try and keep um, a clean sheet, then I think we'll get uh, get a win because we look like we're going to score on that. I mean, Huggle was taking the plaudits there the last couple of weeks, but to be fair, Naki Wells was excellent there on Saturday. Yeah, took so his goals really well. And, you, and really probably should have had a hat-trick with that header in the first half. But would you? Uh, but so that. would you change it on Saturday, Kev? Because we obviously know what we're going to be facing. Scowan was our man of the match there last year. Obviously hasn't played particularly well this year. Would you be tempted because... Playing Hugel and Wells and Chair and Eze has been fantastic to watch uh, in home games against maybe lesser teams. Away from home, that might catch us out, and particularly at Millwall. Would you just go hell for leather and go with it again, or would you add Scowan or Jeff Cameron or somebody like that to it? Well, if Jeff Cameron was fit, I'd probably I'd say he'd start just because of the set pieces. But Dominic Ball was a big lad. Leisner, um, oh, um Barbet is uh, quite big. He's not a great defender, but he's very good on the ball. So we've, we're quite big in the team. Huggles can, can come back and do set pieces. So we've got we've got we've got height in the team, and then we've got a few small small ones who are not not so great uh, for set pieces. But yeah, I wouldn't be uh, I wouldn't surprise me if he changed them if Cameron was fit and put another big lad in there and then keep it really tight for the first hour or so and then and then go for it. But you know, you don't. We don't know who's fit. Or really, who might be niggles at training. So that that's the, going to be the manager's decision. Just to kind of follow up on that, do you think looking ahead, obviously Millwall being the first test of that sort of style and a style that's quite typical of the Championship, do you think that could be our biggest kind of downfall this season? Is that we do have a, a potentially quite fragile outfit um, mentally and physically. You know, Grant Hall obviously struggled with injury. Barbe's already shown his, you know, potential flaws this season. And Millwall's going to be the first test of really physical, direct football. And that is going to be quite a big challenge for us going forward. Well, I'm not, I'm not too sure about... Um... I think Millwall are, are probably the the, own, the real only ones who play that style of football. I think, I think in the Championship now with the Premiership and a, and a lot of League One teams, most teams are trying to play out from the back. Most teams are trying to play through the thirds. It's, Millwall's just sort of a bit of a one-off where the fans actually demand that style of football. They would like the aggressive style, obviously. It's well documented. Their fans, when Ian Holloway tried to go to Millwall and he said he wanted them to all play like Barcelona. It was never going to work because the fans don't don't want that. They want to see tackles. They want to see this. They want to, that's what they want to see. So it is a test. Um, you know, Luton didn't play long ball. They tried to play out of the back. There was one noticeable thing. They kept passing it out from the back, passing it out from the back. We got the ball. Leisner got the ball and he hits a 60, 70 yard long pass and we clean through and score. So, you know, you've got to mix it up. Um, sometimes it's got to go long. Sometimes it's got to, you know, uh, go into feet and that's the best the best teams can do that uh, consistently so this is a test uh especially set pieces wise and Millwall's the real team there I mean Fulham wouldn't play Brentford played really short Luton played I'm sure Sheffield Wednesday we didn't see that game but they they, they probably all play it out from the back Stoke I know do so it, they, I went to the Wigan game they weren't very direct so most teams in the championship now play that and that's going to suit QPR because Hopefully, we, we we will eventually become better and better at the way we're playing and become better at them at, at the same game that everyone's sort of playing at the moment. Mm. So it's be interesting to see how we stand up to Millwall on Saturday. Can I, last question from me, Kevin, which I'm sure you'll appreciate, because, you know, um, what was it, as a player, I'm joking, by the way, I'm not being serious. <laughs> um, as, a, as a player, what was it actually like playing at the Den? New Den, whatever you want to call it. Um, uh, the New Den, yeah, I mean, it was because you know, you know, it's going to be uh, a bit frosty. But uh, the time I played there, I was always in the middle, so I wasn't I wasn't that near the the crowd. <laughs> it's the fullbacks 
it's the fullbacks um, who have to get the throw-ins. They're the ones who's going to get the stick. So, uh, you know, uh, Todd Kane and uh, Manning, I'm sure they'll be all right. I mean, they'll be able to take it. But th- those ones close to the, the side of the pitch, they can get a bit of stick from the, um, from the fans. But, you know, you're on the, you know, if you let things like that unsettle you, then really you shouldn't be playing football. Just get on with it. You expect it. And, and I'd say the QBR fans, especially if we were players, especially if we win, they'll say they, they love the atmosphere because there's nothing better than a, a London a London derby with a good atmosphere. It's, it's better than when it's quiet, believe me. Good man. Kev, thank you. Always good value. No problem. I'll Am be I... on soon. I'll be coming down soon. Yeah, please do. You're more than welcome. Please do. You're always good value, and, and uh, yeah, always good to see you. We Thanks can talk music as well. It's only because it's only because I want Paul to buy me his first the first pint ever. <laughs> Never going to happen. Good life. luck. Good luck good with luck, that. Yeah, yeah. And bring some and bring some flowers. Bye, Kevin. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers, Kev. Bye, bye, everyone. Oh, Finn, I would have had absolute money on your final question for Kev being about that fight at Stoke. <laughs> <laughs> I actually got in trouble about that. I got attacked from Mark Burcham during the week. He wasn't very happy about that. Clang. That was just fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Right. The, the, no, not, not like that, but it's kind yeah. of like one of them things you of like... You dropped a name on the floor. Oh, I, didn't mean, the, um, I, I didn't mean to, but it's kind of one of them things of like, uh, I wish oh. I'd never mentioned it though. Uh, you can stop yelling in my ear. Uh, the, <laughs> the thing that occurred to me during all of that is that Millwall weren't far off getting relegated last year. They haven't won in five games. We've won three in a row. I mean, we're all sort of talking about how we're going to do this and that against them and what. however will we cope. They should be a little bit worried about playing us. I, think the big, I totally agree. I think the big yardstick, is that the word, uh, will be West Brom the following week. I yeah, think that's where we will know where we are. Well, because they're, they're the, that's probably the first really good team we've played. So... I came on before the first game of the season when we were expecting Stoke to maybe kick on this year under Nathan Jones and they're actually looking more sort of <laughs> yes. like an, the new Sunderland. The opposite of kicking on. Huddersfield the week after that. Um, Paul's leaving. Paul's, okay. Paul's leaving. Yeah. Sorry, mate. Okay, goodbye, Paul. Yeah. I had a coffee for there. Okay. <laughs> and, and he's away. Um, so <laughs> Huddersfield the week after that. Again, newly relegated Premier League team we thought would be tough. They've actually only got one point this season. It was that game. Wigan are obviously going to be crap. Bristol City? Luton we New- always struggle against them. Well, no, what I'm saying, the two decent teams we've played so far have beaten us. Yeah. Swansea yeah, yeah. and Bristol City, and, yeah. and with, with something to spare. So if there yeah. is a sort of cloud on this silver lining, it is, you know, like you say, that West Brom game is going to be really interesting because that's the first time really since Bristol City and Swansea that we've played a, a proper, a, really, yeah. a, a decent championship team. I don't think West Brom have lost yet. They're only fifth. Millwall I don't have, think they've lost, have no. they? Millwall have had a similarly sort of big overhaul of players in the summer and trying to kind of start from scratch because um, Neil Harris kind of aired them all out and said that they gave up and they were all poisonous to the club. But I don't think they've sort of quite found their feet yet like we have. And obviously it's still the same manager and they're still going to play the st- same style of football. So although they have got Matt Smith, there's a bit of a battering arm and he's got two goals this season. You can't just be crossing balls in all day and hope that he might I would, get I would it. be worried about... I mean, I'm worried about Matt Smith because he's obviously going to score, isn't he? Because yeah. yeah. it's just how it yeah. is. And it's probably he's probably going to win a penalty as well because we spent three years watching him get fouled in the box. And yeah. I noticed one of the first things he did at Millwall was win a penalty, yeah. which didn't even look a penalty to me. So it's just sod's law with that. And I, I think a lot of their struggle last year was that Bradshaw wasn't fit. They spent a lot of money on him from Barnsley and he wasn't fit. Uh, and he is just about back in now. So Smith and Bradshaw up front against our centre-backs, the way we're playing, could could cause a problem. Yeah, and, um, and, and you know, Kane and Manning are going to have pace and, and obviously attack high, but it's that sort of, yeah, fragility, like I asked Kevin, of getting pushed off the ball, losing it high up the pitch, and then everyone turning around yeah, and thinking, but like oh, I, shit. Like I say, they should be worried, you know, with their cumbersome, clumping centre-halves with Cher and Eze running around. They, sh- they should be worried. Yeah, because- I wonder what's going to happen when Wallace is fixed. He obviously is going to want Wallace in, but Manning, mm. apart from Eze, probably, been our player of the season so far. So I wonder... Does Wallace come in on the left side of the three at the back? Mm. Does he go in at left back and you move Manning into midfield instead of yeah. Ball, who I'm not overly 
thrilled with and taken no. with so far. Not to really. Be. He was only good at the weekend, but the previous matches he's played in, especially I didn't the even, cup, I he was wasn't atrocious. even that taken with. Got to give him at least fifteen games. Oh no, absolutely. Yeah, I think also Hall's likely to get injured at some point. In which case, yeah. Wallace so I just wonder. I just wonder where he'll that sort of player. Is he a left side of the back? He can. I do think he's more a left back. I think back, he's more. He's much more a left back. But I just. I think Warburton will get him, him in. Uh, you know, first yeah. first chance he gets, I think he'll get him in. But you can't really drop Manning at the mix. He's been absolutely yeah. fantastic. That cross from Manning at the weekend that Eze headed onto the bar was just undefendable. It was such a good ball. Mm. Uh, I think for me as well, it's just the confidence and like I don't really like this word but swagger that the players have which is something that we haven't seen in so long to watch individuals be that having that much fun is so rewarding so as, as a spectator will they maintain it if, yeah. if we happened to lose on Saturday and then lose to West yeah. Brom then go into Cardiff midweek will they still have that or will because this team, not this team really, because we've replaced so many players, but we have been very prone to going on six, seven match losing runs at the drop yeah. of a hat lately. Yeah. You know, heads go down and everyone mm. goes, oh, it's And there's some young going. heads too as well. So. Yeah, they're young kids. And, uh, you know, Kevin's right at the moment. It's, it's all well and good, but, you know, it's, it's a difficult winter in the championship. Yeah. We're all, this is how hardened we've become. We're, we're, we're now waiting. <laughs> Yeah, we're doing great and we're enjoying it, but we're all like waiting but I, for I'd, that for I for know, that six game run to be just around. But I the kind corner. of disagree with you because I kind of think that if they keep the spirit up and results don't necessarily go away, which they won't, because there will be times we'll get caught short because of the way we play, like you said earlier on, but the fullbacks being so far forward, they will come at us, blah blah blah. Um, but the effort they've shown is immense, and I think Rangers fans are very, despite what people say about us, I think we're very forgiven as long as people give it their all on the pitch. Well, the ones at the match are. <laughs> yes. Um, you going back to Twitter uh, again, Sometimes. Which, <laughs> which yes. I don't know what you're talking about. No, um, but, but also when we're scoring goals like this, I, I'm much more confident going away from home because you might win by accident. You yeah. might not even play that well, but there's goals in the team now, whereas last year, year before, you're thinking... You know, we're going to play for an hour here. We're not going to score. We're going to sling Matt Smith on and pump it long. And, you know, there was just no goals in the team. Whereas now that it looks like there's goals, so you might win games now, not even playing that well. But you know what? I, I quite like Kane, and I, I, I've been watching him. I love Kane. He, he is going to get better and better. He's obviously better got an injury, hasn't he? Because they, yeah. keep, they keep putting him in and taking him yeah. off and taking him yeah. off after an hour. He's very confident, and we need that. He's fantastic. By piling forward. Like we've been banging on about how we don't attack from fullback for years, and now we've got Manning on one side and Kane on the other, and that's exactly that's, and he likes to that's how well. the modern game yeah. is played with fullbacks. But forward. also, he will throw himself at an opponent, which is something that fullbacks haven't done in the past for us. But he's not good at getting hurt. You can tell that. Yeah, he, no sense of his own sort of no mortality. No. Which I haven't listened to his interview without being unkind. <laughs> he's uh, yeah, he's just going to chuck himself <laughs> in the way of things. I think he's keen and able. Yeah. Very good. You've been thinking of that one. No, yes, just keep my head there now. Um, ours end. Already? Already. Has I've it been that long? One. You have one. I've been thinking about it. Go on then. We kind of already touched on it, but come and... I'd hate to sound like Finney and talk about passion, but... Oh, come, for goodness come sake. And, come and watch the games. Clive just spoke about it, but for the first time, it actually seems a little bit rewarding go to away games. Because you, we might actually win our away form and our home form at points last season has been so poor that actually to to have the to spend money and put energy into it with some kind of reward and enjoyment factor is so worth it. Saturday was some you know of the best football I've ever seen. And I thought play. it was the best atmosphere for quite some time, yeah. or at least it was. Even the I police enjoyed there it. There was an energy, yeah, around the and, place. And my boyfriend who's been coming for nearly four years with me and has seen some really, really bad football and often would say to me, this, this is the worst football I've ever really seen. He must really like you. Yeah. He's come to keep yeah, it up for the last Arsenal four fan, years. but he's loyal. And yeah. he turned to me on Saturday and said, is this QPR now? Question mark, staring at me, like com- in complete shock. That sweet. He was speechless. So to have someone, you know, who's been watching Arsenal, though they play out for the back and make loads of mistakes. And uh, as to, they did this weekend. Yeah. Yeah. To be impressed. Yeah, there's playing is... out from the back and then there's doing what Arsenal did. Yeah, weekend, and then passing is... it to David Louise. Yeah. Um, does does, yeah. does yeah. he leave so a half time as well for the tree? No, he stays the whole time. Oh, um, I lock him to his chair. Um, no, no, at Arsenal, they, t- they tend to leave at half-time. Oh, he hasn't been to an Arsenal game in about four years. Okay. Um, but, um, well, it's like most Arsenal fans. Yeah, know. exactly. But yeah, come to games. It's, it's really fun. 
Sorry, uh, Flo. It was very dismissive right. of us. We, we took the piss out of your boyfriend's football team because most Arsenal fans are crap. Sorry, people who listen to Arsenal fans. <laughs> if you are. Hundreds. Literally hundreds, I'm sure. Any, do you know, we, we did a podcast... else go on our end before... No, hang on. We, we, did, we, we, we did a podcast last year and you said to me, be careful because with 20 minutes to go, the street fills up really quickly and I'm like... Pfft. Come on, there's 20 minutes of the game left. You having a laugh? Oh, here you mean yeah. where we record? Yeah. Oh, Honest yeah. to God, it was like it was like a zombie apocalypse. Unbel- I've never I think s- it may have been a cu- Carabao I mean, Cup game. To be fair, though, with um, a bit like Wembley, you know, like trying to get home f- to the tube from a stadium like that, it does take an age. Well, well to next week, we when we record the podcast, home. Arsenal are at home to Forest in the Carabao Cup, so we can live commentate <laughs> on it whilst we do the podcast. Yeah. Finney, what's your Arsene? I'm passing on an Arsene, by the way. Why? Oh. On the basis of, if you don't have anything to say, don't oh, say a, it. There's a hint. Oh. So I don't have anything to say. I often just say something Absolutely. and then No, I'm passing. Go okay. on, Finney. No, go to Clive first. Clive. I don't feel like we talked about chair enough, and I just, I think he's very exciting. Um, and I like his attitude. I remember when he uh, he played against Brentford in the League Cup a couple of years ago and we we lost horribly. And uh, I think the first question afterwards from uh, one of the media team was, were you nervous? And he was like, of course I wasn't nervous. I I wanted to play. I I love that attitude. And he just, he brings that onto the pitch, which you kind of need to do if you're five foot one. Mm -hmm. Um, But also in the international break, Eze was called up to the England under-21s, which is a big deal uh, for us. Um, even when we were splashing money all over the place and had all sorts of players, we we didn't have England under twenty ones. Uh, Jack Robinson got called up apparently when he was on loan at Huddersfield from us. Um, oh yes, that's true. Uh, and Lee Camp played in the first England under twenty one game at Wembley. Yeah, um, someone the first ever. Didn't he then play for Northern Ireland? Lee he Camp. declared for us yeah. afterwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah. he well he played in the first game at Wembley for England under twenty ones, but he was actually technically a derby player because his of loan course, had finished yeah. with us. So I think the last one before all of that was Clark Carlisle in about 2000, 2001. Wow. Um, so to have a player in the England under-21 squad is massive for us. Hopefully the others didn't get in his ear about how much money they're on and how much he could be earning at Spurs and whatever. But I just, I think, you know, for all the grief he took last year, the way he started the season, three goals already, if he was to get anywhere near sort of 10 goals, 10 assists, we're going to be talking serious money. And, you know, in a less pragmatic, more romantic way, I'm just... Absolutely loving watching him. Just mm. the way he's gliding around, controlling games, he dictating the play. Every team of the week going. He's on. Oh, every, his stats. His stats this year. His everything. stats this year are just unbelievable. He's the best player in the division, attacking wise, on basically any stat you want, other than goals scored. And bloody Hoogle's got five of those, and that's mainly because of, <laughs> mainly because Eze is playing behind him. I just, I hope he maintains it, and if he has another dip, I hope people stick with him. But. Yeah, just fantastic. England under-21 international at QPR at the moment, I think, is is a superb achievement that not enough was made of, really. Yeah, yeah, um, I agree. agree. Whereas, whereas maybe, they made a lot of him doing a double drag back against Luton. It's like, hang on a minute, maybe, this is much better than that. Maybe I'm also being a bit romantic, but I also feel like that being with that squad is also rub- already rubbing off on him. Um, just being with that level of players in the under-21s, because those are some... Think about some of the Norwich players who are playing in the Premier League every week. In answer to your, is he worried about money, his Instagram from St. George's Park was a lot of videos of trainers, so they yeah. might have already got to him. Well, he, should, um, he should be able to afford trainers, I'm sure. <laughs> well, they were some pretty flashy ones. <laughs> yeah. Literally There was a lovely ones, photo but... of uh, Phil Foden sort of running after him, trying to pull his shirt, having obviously just been done, and Eze running away from him yeah. in the training, which yeah. I enjoyed. There's something about him you just like Th- when you no- watch top level football and then you watch Eze. There's the way he turns with the ball. Th- this kind of just simple, plants himself. Comfortable. Uh, yeah, I've never seen anything like Nose it. Nose for space and a- around this is the why world. Seen anything like it? That comfort and that awareness and that turn. It's it's beautiful. And I said to every single person who comes to you, I said, watch this boy turn on the ball. You will never yeah. see anything like it There's, in your life. He did a double nutmeg and Saturday, which was pretty damn amazing. It's just, there's should be the no downside year. to him having had his head turned yeah, deciding he wants to play you know in the what? Premier League being no, motivated absolutely to do not. so and we have to have, we have to fatten these pigs for market and get the money in that's, that's I how love we, it I love it I'm, that's I'm, how, I'm, I'm all for it that's how we survive isn't yeah. it that's what but should at be the doing. moment I'm just I'm just enjoying watching him and, and everybody else should as well and uh, also the, the laziness I didn't believe it last year it was bollocks um, and I you know 
we all, we all said, said that. We well, we've, said. we've killed that one. But uh, was it Swansea at home this year? Twice he was winning headers at the back post, defensive headers, when Manning was caught out of position. He, he did two tackles Saturday, we tracked back. And yeah, it. big, you know, I think he's he's maturing into a, into a wonderful player. I'm enjoying but watching. All, all, um, all this talk about England under-21s is wasted on me, by the way, just then. Um, first of all, that was a superb... R's end, so you've got an extremely difficult. That was Champions League standard. Well, you know what? The, the other week, I went to watch Norden play Germany. I had a flight book. Oh, I've already lost. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, t- I had tickets for the game, and I couldn't go because of work. And in the first ten minutes, he's Connor- a florist, you know. Shut up. <laughs> I'm not actually. I'm a van driver. I work for a florist. Um, and the Connor Washington broke through twice. I remember and- him. And the whole we pub, miss him. We don't half miss him. The whole pub are going mental, and I'm standing there like he's not going to score. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. yeah. he's not going to score. Yeah, they were bad. And he fluffed two really, really yeah. bad ones, and I, I was devastated. I actually walked past him. I was up in. Uh, you did what? I was up in Edinburgh for work. Did he miss you? Uh, I was up in Edinburgh for work a couple of weeks ago, and he he walked past me. And you know when you do a double take on someone, I was like, I swear it was Connor. And then I was, like, oh, he's at Hearts. Oh, it actually yeah. was Connor Washington. Did he fall over? Uh, yeah, a new baby. So he, can, so he can hit the target. The sad thing is, he's a, the sad thing is, he's probably That's a really. Not how it works. Quite, he seems, yeah, way. exactly. Um, he's a lovely. Fella. And I'm done. He's a, he's, he's a lovely fella, and it's just a shame. But yeah, I would, must be the only pump person in Philomena's who was like, he's not going to score. I've got this sinking Twice. feeling that that wasn't your R's end. No, it's not. My R's end is pretty simple. Do you know how you can tell things are going well? Is that when people are talking about Millwall away and tickets, and we're selling loads? Last season was embarrassing. We didn't take that many fans there. It was horrible because it wasn't packed. I'm, I'm loving the fact we're taking so many fans away. We're showing real passion. And I think the belief is back and the hope is back. And I'll always hang my hat on hope rather than anything else. And that's all we've got sometimes. And it's bloody brilliant. Do the predictions. Uh, Jeez, we've got a new producer. Hello, Clive. Predictions. <laughs> predictions. Do you know how we know it's going well, by the way? Go on. We have not mentioned Luke Freeman once. We have not meant. I don't even think we mentioned him this season. Did you notice as well and how like, we're missing how, how, and whether we're missing him? Did anyone notice as well that hey, that's the most positive I've heard Gal on the podcast for a couple of years as well. Most positive I've heard all of you. I don't know where I am right now. I, I don't know what is going well, on you here. Do. You work Clive here. being overexcited. You, Gallon, what's going on? What's going to be the score on Saturday against Millwall? Flo? two nil. I think we're going to carry it on. I think two nil. Lose 2-0. Oh, Shut up! Jesus. <laughs> Fick off! 